1: And welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tiwi Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm thrilled to welcome my good friend, Lauren, from Lauren Field Design to the show. Today we're talking all about styling with intention, whether it's from your flat lays to your overall wedding design, Lauren is here to help. A little bit about Lauren before we begin is that she is a licensed architect and interior designer who loves to entertain and enjoys infusing high-touch hospitality to create memorable experiences for their clients and guests to enjoy. Lauren Field is run with her creative partner, Elaine Church, and is a comprehensive event and editorial design studio for clients who expect the unparalleled service and an unforgettable experience full of thoughtful details. Lauren and Elaine are available worldwide, and I'm so excited she's here today. Also, before we start today's show, I wanted to ask you guys a quick question. Are you feeling stuck in your business and thinking about working with a coach? I'd love to help. Each month, I offer one-on-one coaching sessions for wedding photographers to tackle whatever is overwhelming you, whether it's help with your website, your social media and marketing strategy, to the ins and outs of running your own small business. I can help you take the overwhelm out of your everyday and help you focus on your next steps to achieving your goals. If you're just starting out or a few years in and looking for a coach to help guide you in the right direction and help keep you accountable, let's chat. Visit www.teawitjanae.com and click on the work with me button in the menu to find out more and schedule your discovery chat today. All right, you guys, let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful
0: guest on the line today. Lauren, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I love your show, so I'm excited to be a a member guest. Yeah, one of our guests. I'm so excited. So
1: I know Lauren. We met through E3 and we had lunch in Brooklyn when you came to visit. And I was like, hey, you want to be a guest? And you were like, okay. And here we are. (laughs) Here we are. I'm so excited. And today we're going to be talking about styling with intention, which I'm so excited to pick your brain about. But before we get started, let's introduce you to our listeners. Can you tell everybody a little bit about you, your business, and how you got started?
0: Yeah, I think it's important to kind of start, you know, rewind a little bit and start from some of the beginning. Um I come from a long line of creatives that really work with their hands. And I had a very creative childhood from, you know, grandmothers, uncles, you know, mom and dad, um, all are kind of a little bit creative. And then if you fast forward a little bit to my teens. um, I started working retail and it was part of, you know, late teens. Uh, It was part of my job to work on display windows and editorial sets for commercials uh, for a national company. And while working for this company, um, I started to have a rapport with a lot of the local designers and clientele um, who, and I would frequently get asked to help them with their personal or professional projects. And I was a little surprised by this, you know, because of my age. I, I was very young at the time. Um, but I learned early on something that I think is really important for me and our business is that I'm, I'm sort of a type A creative that is really imaginative, but I can also execute things really well. And, you know, if we fast forward a little bit, I formally studied architecture with, you know, focuses in fashion and textile electives when I was in college. And these, this kind of very opposing uh, artistic yet analytical creative vibe that I have really thrived and um, started to shine when I was in college. And while I was there, I learned from amazing architects, uh, artists and colleagues. I was um, in part of the creative portion of the school. And then in college, I went on to live and travel alone in Europe for almost a year and, you know, decided to continue my education in architecture when I was back on U.S. soil. And I went to a graduate program in St. Louis uh, when I returned home. And my, I believe that my early and mid 20s were really sun experiencing spaces and places and art and are really the foundation for shaping the way that I see the world and the way that I design. And I started practicing architecture and interior design back in 2006. So I'm a registered architect and interior designer. And, you know, I held many traditional roles at design firms and really enjoyed that part of my life. And then in 2013, I met Elaine, she's my business partner, and she also has an interior design background. And I met her um, when we were both hired to style homes around the St. Louis and Illinois uh, Metroplex. And... We had a really instant connection and started to work on editorial projects that turned into designing weddings and other types of gatherings and of course styling Um, and here we are today 2021 and we take on a select number of weddings each year and we also style for not only our clients but also are available for hire to style for other people's clients so i love that that's such an incredible journey where did you study abroad I actually lived in Lund, Sweden and studied at um, the university there in architecture.
1: Oh my gosh. Amazing. A year abroad sounds so good. I lived in Hong Kong for four months and it's an experience that I always still like have fond memories of and so grateful that I was able to do that. So that's awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah. It was really fun to just be able to hop back and forth to different places in Europe really quickly or take the trains or, you know, Everything's closer there, it seems like. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah. In Hong Kong, we traveled um, for the four months. I was not, not for the full four months. We went on like four vacations. And I was like, Oh my God, it's like two hours to Thailand, (laughs) which is like crazy because it's so far from America. Yeah, exactly. So cool. So cool. Well, I'm so excited to chat. Um, and we're going to be talking about styling with intention. And I wanted to bring you on to talk about this. I've had a couple other people talk about being more intentional and thoughtful with their design, you know, for flat lays and just really just styling. And you have such a unique eye and vision that, you know, I really think that you're going to sort of, you know, help our audience and our listeners today. So maybe, you know, before, you know, how we start is maybe, can you explain what it means when we stay styling with intention?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's first important to talk through what styling in general means to us. And that will probably help frame some of the ways that we see styling. But in general, I feel like Elaine and I, we approach events by looking at three categories in terms of style. So we look at people, we look at spaces, and we look at details and how those really relate to not only the person the event is for, but also those that are attending the event. So we style each of these categories. And um, for the people, we work alongside our brides with engagement, weekend of, and you know, bridal party fashion styling. You know, we'll also work on if our clients somehow would like to have a color coordinated audience or anything like that. For the spaces, you know, we curate milestones, right? The milestones that you see in a general event um, experience, you know, in those experiences, but we also intentionally design or style for moments that are not milestones to unfold kind of organically by um, studying the flow of people Mm -hmm. Um, through our client spaces. And so we really analyze not only the floor plans that we work on, but what the experience would feel like um, standing inside the space. And then for the details, you know, those are kind of, we view those as static aspects of an event. So we work towards producing in an almost still life capacity. And we view all the small things, every detail that you see in an event as part of both the visual that someone's going to experience when they're there live but also part of the heirloom memories that a couple would cherish through their photographs and so photography is very important to our work and we see not only the way that it's experienced live but also it's really important to us how it's captured in photographs to deliver that later on to our client. Um, You know for details we style you know, in situ throughout the space. So where a cake would be placed or where something might happen in, in a space, but we also style in flat lays. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up flat lays because we're, we're known for the way that we style flat lays with, you know, very objective eye. But we, we really view the detailed portion of events as a sort of like time capsule photograph. Um, and I feel like styling with intention to me means being thoughtful. But also putting in a lot of work to study um, not only the people who will experience and later cherish the styling, but studying the space that you will be in. And for us as wedding designers and stylists, we have that connection with the client early on, and that process kind of evolves over time. I know that there are many other disciplines that don't have that much time with the client, but I also think that there are ways to kind of work towards having some time like that or partnering with your designer. Um, but we spent a lot of, oh, go
1: ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I think, you know, for people who are listening, like, well, I don't have access to my client like that, or the planner hired me, you know, maybe, you know, creating a sort of relationship with that planner to get that information. So when you walk into your event, you, you've got a little more background. So, you know, you know, what the story of this wedding is.
0: Yeah. And I, I always recommend, uh, I'm always surprised that sometimes people aren't given that information. We personally really view the fact that, you know, give someone the design deck, let them understand the whole event and the whole thing that we've spent so long curating and working on so that they can show up and do their best work. Right. Um, But in order to create the documents that allow a lot of the vendors to create their best work to serve the client, you know, we spend so much time getting to know so many things about those that we work with. And we really try to capture, I mean, the essence of who they are as people, Um, you know, it kind of goes back to kind of the three pillars of styling for us. So who they are as people is really important. someone might not always understand why something might be in a flat lay or the way something might, might be curated, but it ties back to the person. And for us, it's exciting to know that our clients, they know the meaning behind things that show up in their imagery. Right. But I think it's important to to point out that intention and styling is important because in the industry, Some people view it as just pure portfolio work, Mm -hmm. but to us, it's really allowing us to show our clients that we saw them, we heard them, and we've included this detail as a silent nod to, you know, X, Y, and Z of them. And so our styling really is for our clients. Of course, we enjoy it and and find great creative energy in it, but it's for them.
1: Um, Yeah. It's kind of...
0: Yeah, sometimes I feel like details are sort of a secret language between designer and those we design for, and they know the the intention behind the imagery and are usually floored to see the images when they arrive. So
1: I love that the secret language. That sounds so cool. I love that.
0: <laughs> it's like cool. a little a little
1: wink, you know, like that was for you. Yes. You tell me you like that, and then they get their yes. back, and they're like, "Oh
0: my god, you listened to me. You heard me." Yeah, that you know, that little wink or subtle nod, I, I think it can be included in so many ways. And, and it's really fun for us to kind of talk through that. But yeah, I think that that's what intention just really means to us is getting to know someone listening and then producing work that is meaningful to them.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: So, So what does it look
1: like when we don't style with intention?
0: I feel when people style without intention, it can feel really inauthentic and possibly make them second guess how or what they're styling. Um, In the end, I think this can produce imagery that feels really rushed or where the subject wasn't fully invested in, in terms of study or um, compilation. So when there's not a connection between the subject and the client or the viewer, I think you can see that in the image Mm -hmm. and I think part of the intention that happens comes from study and and comes from being unique and it takes time. And so, um, the production of what you're styling is, it doesn't always happen on the fly. It requires, you know, a backlog of study and information. And we, we do that with our clients automatically, but when we style for other people, Um, there are certain levels of understanding and experiencing that we go through with someone else that might have designed a space and we're just styling it. Yeah.
1: I think in the photography world, at least from my point of view, my perspective, it's like without intention is like just using every styling prop you've ever purchased in every single photo. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, it has nothing to do with the couple. And the older I get and the longer I've been doing this, I really embrace the less is more aspect of my job, where it's like if it doesn't make sense, keep it out. You know, like it's not—I don't have to use a ribbon because everybody else uses a ribbon. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with this wedding at whatsoever. So I feel like for me, that's styling without intention. You know, like just using everything you've purchased <laughs> in a flat lay photo.
0: Well, I think that yeah, if you're, if you think that you're, if you're, if you're feeling forced into doing a, um, a flat lay or, or it's something that you're, you're not excited about, I think that you're going to use whatever you have. And I think there's this misnomer that you can just have a magical styling kit and that that can show up with, with you on the day of an event and, and, and that that's going to tell part of the story. And, there, of course there are, you know, core items that you need to style things, but having this kit that might be reused for, you know, season to season or from bride to bride, it's not necessarily doing, doing the best work or serving the client in a way that is really going to have them connect with their image.
1: Yeah. I love that. So now that we know the difference, you know, between styling with and without intention, you know, how can we, as creatives, use intention when beginning to style our flat lays or even design our weddings. I, I know the wedding is probably much longer conversation, but like, e- even for someone who's listening, maybe a, cu- a couple of things in there that you think.
0: Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, I mean, I think that study and time investment are huge. And if you can't invest in the time it takes to study what you need to produce, a flat light, it probably means that it shouldn't be happening. But I think that one of the things that's exciting is study who the couple really is. Even if you don't have access to them, the wedding planner um, should know this information to provide it to you. And you know, if you're with them on social media, if, if you want to understand or create your own type of questionnaire that might help you in the long run at the beginning of when you're signing a client, I think that that's, that's, that's also a great idea. But one of the things I also think is important is practice. You need to practice at execution and, and studying how you work best because flat lay styling can be very personal, but also how they're photographed is very personal, right? We work with a multitude of photographers and they like to photograph them in different ways. And so we kind of mold to this collaborative process and that's really exciting for us, but I think one of the things that makes flat lace shine is really, studying, you know, composition, color and art on a regular basis. That's not in the wedding industry, you know, and that goes to, I think that goes with intentionally styling for wedding design as well. I mean, it's an intimate process that takes a lot of time and a lot of conversation. Um, But I think you have to be okay as a, as a creative to kind of uncover ideas and connection points and, that that kind of work has to be put in.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it's and so good, important.
0: And good design doesn't always happen on the first try. Right. Um, I think you have to be allowed to uh, work through the process of it. Just like the first time you photographed a wedding, if you're a photographer, that didn't happen on its first try. You're able to practice with other subjects. Um, you know, our couples hire us and, and other creatives hire us because they know that we, we take risks when we style um, you know, we have great imagination and design is really at our core. So we really walk the walk and are really immersed in a lot of different things that affect our work. And I think that shows. Um, and I think yeah, you should be 100% full- that's why you're here. <laughs> I think you have to be fully invested, right? Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're rushed, or you're unstudied, or you're not excited about it, it's going to come through in the work. So yeah. I think
1: I love that. I think for me, you know, as a wedding photographer, when I get all the information and all the details from a planner or the couple prior, it really helps me get invested where I get so excited. You know, I always, I've recommended like a dozen times, probably on every single podcast, like ask for the details early, ask for the invitations early, ask for the deck, like get the colors of the wedding, start immersing yourself into this experience because at the end of the day, All they have left is their memories and their photos and video, if they if if they have that too. And you want it to tell the story, you know, like you want it to feel like them and be like them. And I, you know, I always am advocate for that. So doing your research, I love that you keep saying that because I think it's so it's so helpful and it actually sets you apart, right? Like if you're a cookie cutter person or just phoning it in, like people can tell. Like if you really take the time to make it special, like it, it goes a long way.
0: I agree. I think that knowing that how you're showing up and how you're serving and and what that looks like for you and your business, it'll it'll come through, yeah, with your clients for sure.
1: For sure, yeah. So, in your experience, you know, are there certain things that should be avoided? Avoided. Uh, wrong word there. <laughs> should be avoided when it comes to design and details. <laughs>
0: I think that rushing should be avoided. I think having everything visually styled on a single plane should be avoided. We work with an array of props and things to work on um, kind of changing the depth of field based on whatever we're styling. And I also think it's really important to, when I talk about rushing, it's important to pause. So if you have pause incorporated into your process, it it really affects your decision-making. And I think that anything that we design, um, it deserves really, I don't know, a space to morph into something special. So I think giving it time is something that, you know, it should be avoided to rush so that you can give it time. I also, you know, I think it's not special or meaningful. If you use props that you've used, many times if someone can see your flat lays and see that you use the same ribbon or the same ring box or the same prop again and again it's not necessarily tied to the couple Mm. and it's probably if it's not tied to the couple it's probably not tied to the palette or the textures of the day that's being designed and in a way it's not going to tie into the visual story or really be cohesive so i also think it's good to analyze what you plan to put in a flat lay and really ask why you're trying to include this item or, you know, this set of earrings or this surface. Um, If you don't have an answer to me, it's probably not meant to be in a flat lay. Right. And, you know, while I think that uh, the flat lay is, is kind of a conversation between the client and the designer, right? But if you're and someone from the outside world might not be able to, is not privy to that conversation. Mm-hmm. But so I think that flat lays can be a little subjective, but I also think that taking a step back and and asking why is a big part of, of how we look at, at our work. Um, yeah. You know, we, I mean, I feel like you see, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, before I forget,
1: I want to go back to that pause. What, what do you, let's explore that. What do you mean take, putting a pause in your process? Can you explain that? What does that mean?
0: I think it means um, you have an initial idea in your mind for a flat lay. You start laying out that um, that detail in a certain way that's in your mind, and you allow yourself to step back and take it in. Does it need to be adjusted? Would it be stronger if you took something away? Is it missing something? um we style it's always like kind of this big table and huge you know mess of options when we style but we we pre-style flat lays to about 90 percent and then we allow for this kind of 10 percent of in the moment you know maybe the light strikes the surface a certain way that was different than than when we had pre-styled it or there's a certain flower that we didn't expect to be a part of um some of the design and, and we want to use that instead so we we plan for 90% and then have this kind of pause moment to allow us in the moment to select something that might be even more appropriate for the design.
1: Yeah. I love that. So you do pre-style. So do you ask your client, like, what's your process for pre-styling?
0: So for our particular clients, we offer styling as part of our service. So we are already understanding what, because we designed the whole wedding, we know what's important to the client. We've been in these detailed conversations about not only the whole event, but once we know what's important to that client, we kind of decide how many flat lays we're going to work on. Um, We work from the bottom up. So we work from a surface level to what we're going to be planning on. And then from an object level, And because we're the designers, you know, we have access to getting all the invitations up front, Mm -hmm. um, all the save the dates. We will also plan into the wedding timeline of when we are going to receive details from the client and when we're going to return them. If that means that, you know, we have a a separate assistant that's just working with returning details or working on something, we'll, we'll write that into the timeline. So our process is either in a perfect world, we love to style the day before a wedding. Um, yes please (laughs) um, you know I'm surprised when some people don't want to style the day before but we we could do it the day of but of course prefer to do it the day before and at that point we create a timeline with the photographer we understand how many shots we're going for and we have all of our pre-styling backdrops everything's there and we allow the flexibility of the photographer to uh, move around or pick the ideal lighting that they think is appropriate and then we just kind of have a blast and, and go to town. So Elaine and I both style sometimes, you know, one of us needs to style and the other one's working on something else, but we're both a part of that process and it's, it's really fun. So we, we will, you know, gain the exact florals that are going to be in the wedding or are part of the boutonniers. We will have all that stuff the day before because the florist is already really working on it. And so um, our flat is definitely tied back into the full event, but also the client's personal taste and details.
1: Yeah, I love that. So I always I always like asking like, you know, professionals like, so what are the things you hate? <laughs> like, what are some of the major you know, pitfall, pitfalls and offenders that you see time and time again um, in flat lays?
0: <laughs> and you ask yourself, why is You know, is I feel... <laughs> You know, we've all done it, right? We've all yeah. evolved, but we flat lays have been such a big portion of our business that I feel like we've we've just evolved very quickly and and we practice frequently. So, you know, I seeing the same little you know tiny ribbon snipping scissors, you know, from France that everyone has, or um, styling with a same corporate made um, ring box that you know, I could probably see in 10 different flatlays online, if I pulled up Instagram, I think um, the pitfalls are using something because someone else use it, use it, and you think you need to use it as well. Mm-hmm. And if you really step back and, and take a look at what asking the why I think is one of the biggest things that can be helpful when analyzing, but I just see the repeat, right, or, or trying to emulate someone's work in a certain way that doesn't feel true to someone else's brand. I think that, you know, I think it's good to look for inspiration for other people, but it's also good to find your own voice. And in a perfect world, if you're a photographer and can't find your own voice or you're not, your budget might not allow to hire someone like us that will style for you. um, I think putting in the work and practicing is is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always say, or have shared that like when I I request, the invitations early, like at least uh, 90 days, at least putting out the email, the feeler is like, hey, send this to me when it comes in. And then I always pre-style because I like to go in with a game plan. I'm type A like you.
0: (laughs) So like, yes, uh,
1: yeah, I like to go in with a game plan, at least how the paper will kind of look or like pretty much look. And then I can bring in elements from the couple right so like either his his stuff or her stuff and then make it really you know theirs but i think practicing is such a great takeaway like you guys got to practice like it doesn't happen naturally like it's an art form you know like your eye the way that the flat lay moves you know how you travel through it like it's it really is a beautiful still life and and you really want to make sure it like works effortlessly and easily into the gallery. So your couple's like, oh my God, this is incredible. And like, this is, I can't believe they use that or this. And I I, I love everything that you're saying, like practice and research. Like if anything, if you take anything from this episode, it's like, that's them, you know?
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's not just there's not just a few things that I look at why, right? So we, we don't have one type of design, right? In, in terms of our company, we, you wouldn't look and say, oh, they only work in pastels. When, like, when you pull up some people's photographs, you know, we really study color composition and art and we design for our couples. So everything we do is kind of unique and and takes a certain design journey before it's, you know, a photograph is taken of it. And I think it's just, I think it's, we, we like all sorts of styles, right? Anything from, you know, super French, chic, European to extreme modern minimalist, like we're here for it. We, we want to design around it and, you know, we're excited about it. So I, I think that. It, it's falling into the same footsteps that you've done in the past, I think can, can be the hardest thing to move forward from as a creative.
1: Yeah. I love that. You got to keep pushing yourself. You got to keep, don't become complacent. You need to keep keep trying, keep pushing the envelope for sure. So, you know, I would love for you to share, you know, some of your biggest, you know, takeaways of how our listeners can begin to style with intention.
0: I think, okay, here's my top three. Put in the work to know your subjects, period, (laughs) whatever that looks like. I would say stay creatively recharged by experiencing and studying things outside the wedding world. So do that in your personal life. I think that the takeaway is that as an artist, whether you're a photographer or a stylist or a florist, I think recharging yourself and and really living part of that creative life is important. And then I think that it's just really important to study how what you're styling ties into the overall design and how it can be a part of the visual story. Right. Um, How does it, how does it last after you've laid it out and cleaned it up? And so I think, you know, take a really zoomed in detailed approach, but also take a a large approach to what you're working on and how that looks in a macro and a micro environment.
1: Boy, I love what you just said. How does it last when you put it all away? That's so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what it's, I love that. It really hit home. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> Good. No, I you know, I, I'm glad because yeah. we, we, we want the, the spirit of the day to come in through the portraits of people that we know all the photographers we work with are so skilled at capturing, but we also want as a small portion for it to live through the objects of what we've designed, what we sell for the client, and how those photographs tie in with people. So, yeah, I love that styling is one of our favorite things. Yeah, we talk about it all day.
1: <laughs> well, I'm so glad you you decided to come on and talk about it with us. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. I really could have you on for two, two more hours. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So let's tell everybody uh, where they can find out more about you, um, your your services, and say hello online.
0: You know, we style for all of our clients, but we're also available worldwide to style for other planners, photographers, or other creatives. And you can find us at our website at laurenfielddesign.com. And we have inquiry forms separated for creatives or potential brides. And don't forget to say hi to us on Instagram. We love Instagram. You can find us at Design, And please say hi in our stories. You can find a little bit more about our personalities and our stories and see a lot of our work.
1: Yeah, thank you. And you guys can just swipe on up right now, click on the show notes and say hi to Lauren and Elaine and find out more about them and hopefully hire them to style your wedding. I, I definitely want to bring you on board for one of mine. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun and I hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, Sarah. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to Lauren for being our incredible guest today. Thank you so much for spending a bit of your day with me and our listeners. If you guys want to find out more about Lauren and her services at Lauren Field Design, swipe on up, click on the links and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys. I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.